Welcome to the Jacks Rangers Show, a New England Free Jacks fan podcast. And now, Rangers, here's your host, Phil Harris. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show, broadcasting from the Granite Outpost in beautiful Manchester, New Hampshire. What a win at home. Our boys are back indeed. We laid to waste the Toronto Arrows, who were very pesky throughout the entire game. I've got the breakdown, the preview, and a little interview for you here, all right here at the Jacks Rangers Show. Hit that theme music. Woo! Huzzah! Feels good to be good, Rangers. Just what an awesome experience there at Fort Quincy. You know, that's one that we can look back on and say the Rangers definitely showed up and showed out throughout the entire game. 2,400 of us in attendance, d- despite the, the the sideways rain and then the snow. Just so happy for this fan base and this team. Like I said, feels good to be good. Uh, we are 4-1, and one, heading into a little bit of a road trip here for our boys. Once again, we are the Road Warriors. That is the name of this episode, Road Warriors here on episode 32. Got a good one for you. Just wanted to get into the sponsor here first. This episode and every episode of the Jacks Rangers show is sponsored by our Jacks Rangers merchandise store. The merchandise store can be found at jacksrangers.com forward slash store. Go over there and get yourself a polo or a beanie or a hoodie. Wanted to mention our Phil's Last Ride charity once again. What's happening is, is I'm growing a Carolina waterfall, which is a mullet. And at the end of the season, after our last game, whether that be after the championship game, perhaps, whatever that happens to be, I'm going to shave it all off. All of the proceeds of this will be going to charity. It is on a GoFundMe page right now, and we're at $300. The goal is $1,000 at this time. So if you guys can go over there and check it out, uh, donate $5, $10, $15, whatever you would like, we would greatly appreciate it. This will all be going to benefiting uh, the youth rugby organization there for Massachusetts. Wanted to mention the lineup for today. We've got Bozo 6, Rapid Reaction, and Picks will be first and then outriders we will be breaking down the game against toronto and previewing our game against the jabronis and finally we had a, an interview with mitch wilson really enjoyed that interview it was great to talk to mitch once we're all done with that as you know i'll come back here and we'll close up shop and get you out of here i appreciate you listening to the jacks rangers show first up is bozo six here we go baby Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I'm joined as always by my buddy, Chris Lind, a.k.a. Bozo6. Chris, how the hell are you? I am doing well at four and two this week, Phil. <laughs> Round six was good to the Bozo. You were killing it, man. You're doing so good on your picks. It was a, it was a, a fruitful journey down there to the Magic Kingdom for you. Uh, you, you. Yeah. Let After an abysmal here. round four, I'm back. Two weeks on the trot. I'm doing well. Yes, you are. And let's look at these results. I'll let you go through them from uh, the most recent one that just took place. Go ahead. Yeah. And as always, we'll cover the Free Jacks uh, final. Yeah. So the most, you know, Los Angeles Guiltinis at the Coliseum, Utah Warriors came into their house and and they beat them pretty good. Uh, I didn't watch the match. Haven't caught the highlights um, yet. But 28-19, Guiltinis go down. Utah Warriors, couple scalps, two in a row now for them. Uh, they're very strong. 
I think that they're coming on in the West. Uh, they had a slow start um, and more exciting things to come from Utah. We'll talk I, about that in a little bit for my picks. Yes, sir. Um, so I forgot to mention, this is rapid reactions. Obviously, we're going through the previous matches here from round number six, I believe it is at this point. And yep, just round six. Yeah, just kind of covering the scores and making a really rapid reaction to what took place. Um, so, yeah, it feels good to have the uh, the Gil Weenies losing. They're at their, um, they're below 500 rugby right now. So it's a beautiful thing to see. They are the evil empire. I don't feel bad uh, at all. They're the defending champions, and they look like crap right now. So um, we're rejoicing here in Free Jack Land. The Rangers, it's beautiful that Utah beat them. So what you got next? Hell yeah. So then we got our our own rugby New Jersey homo, Hoboken <laughs> semifinalists there. Sorry for the Freudian slip there. Uh, they <laughs> Hey, they, they, they best the San, Di- San Diego Legion 26-23 at home. Yep. They get a little bit of redemption there in Hoboken. Mm-hmm. As much as I'm disappointed that they keep pace with our New England Free Jacks atop mm-hmm. the table, uh, I did actually predict this. I thought it was going to be a little bit – this was going to be – this was one of my most interesting encounters of round six because you had – you know, a top three East versus a top three West team, both teams in pretty good form. Um, and it was a back and forth battle. New York just had the final say and they were at home. So a three point win at home. I wouldn't read too much into that. If you're San Diego, that's a really long road trip. So, mm-hmm. I mean, look for more winning ways for both of these clubs. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Hard to argue yeah. with that. I mean, again, it's so annoying that uh, rugby New Jersey is actually really good. It would, it would be better if they were just losing all the time. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Yeah. And by the way, it looked like a decent crowd once again there in Hoboken. So good on them, I guess. <clears throat> hey, good for their organization. We'll, we'll, we'll root for their fans. That's okay. They can support their team. That's <laughs> yeah. all right. Somebody's got to support the semifinalists. Scott, the big guy, Ferrara, is a friend of this show, even though we're a bitter rivals on the pitch. He's a friend of this show. So way to go, Scott. Your team is very good, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, next up, we're, we're going to we're going to rapid react on the, the Seawolves. Oh, man. And at the death at the death loss to the Sabercats, I actually had the Seawolves winning this one. I didn't see them going 0-3 in their last three, but here we are. Uh, they were looking like a really strong contender. I for, uh, you know, and then they lose to San Diego. Then they get pipped by Nola, and now they drop another one to the SaberCats. I don't want to say that the wheels are coming off out there in Seattle, but they're getting exposed a little bit, and they've got to right the ship and do it quick because that Western Conference is pretty competitive. It if they sure want to is. stay in the hunt, as they say, they're going <laughs> yes. to have to get back to their winning ways in round seven. Yeah, sorry, Rucky. It's uh, unfortunate your team lost there. But, I mean, it was at Houston as well. That's one hell of a um, trip. Anytime you're leaving the Pacific Northwest, you've got a ways to travel to get pretty much anywhere else in the country. People kind of forget about that. They're just kind of isolated by themselves out there. So all of their travel games are hellish. Um, So, yeah, unfortunately. I mean, we can talk about this a little bit later, but we'll just say that there's some beasts in the East that are well in the driver's seat and in control. But yeah. the West has a lot of parity. Yes. And so right now, I think that it's all the other than the top of the table um, jabronis. Like, I think it's all to play for for two and three in the West. So I don't know that Seattle's completely I don't hang your head, but they got to get back to winning ways before the season gets away from them. That's, yeah, for that's sure. all I'll say for that. Yeah. And then, hey, I mean, <laughs> we the Dallas Jackals, the, the woes continue. 
hard fought a, a better showing this time against a not so strong Nola gold team. Right. Um, but they lose again at home. It's really, again, I, I guess for the Dallas Jackals, you're just looking forward to that OGDC game. Somebody's yeah, O's right. got to go. I really hope both teams are still wooden spooned to that point. So to speak, I hope they're both the battle of the winless. Uh, I can't wait to pick that one. If that's the case, man, that sucks. Dallas. Man, I tell bad. you what, like at least they're competitive in that game. I mean, obviously, I didn't watch any of this game. Um, I don't watch a lot of these games that aren't the free checks. I'll go ahead and admit that. I love the highlights. That's kind of my deal. But um, in terms of Dallas, you know, still being winless, at least they're keeping it competitive. The scoreline is, I mean, it seems like they were in the game, or at least at some point they were in the game. Um, you know, so that's pretty encouraging. You know, keep playing, Dallas. I mean, you're the wooden spoons right now. But, um, again, old glory just as bad as they are. <laughs> hey, and then shout out to our former boy there, Kale Hodgson, getting the yes, start on the wing absolutely. for Dallas. He got traded out there. We knew he wanted to play. Yep. And good to see a man getting to getting to fulfill his dream and, and being in a starting lineup for the Dallas Jackals. Yeah, so, it's awesome to see. Uh, he is a friend of the show, so best of luck to you, Kale. Have, have a blast out there in Dallas. And I didn't mention this at the beginning of the segment, but full disclosure, I have actually, since, I, since I've committed to, to doing this segment, I've actually really committed to trying to watch most of the games of all of the rounds. And it's a big, big time commitment, but usually yeah. on the weekends, I'm loafing around. Uh, this weekend, I was, my booty was on duty mm-hmm. out in the woods uh, playing Army, so I didn't have any kind of time to watch most of the games. I tried to catch as much as I could. But yeah, just a little full disclosure there. I, I try to actually do watch the other teams because it helps me inform these picks plus all my other voodoo magic and other stuff that i do (laughs) it's not all supernatural ladies and gentlemen there is it's not all supernatural it's all not yeah so (laughs) hey then so we're gonna this was my other encounter of the weekend we had the undefeated well now no longer but at the time undefeated jabronis going to the snake pit to take on rugby atl um I actually had the jabroni staying undefeated. This was one of my two, two picks that I didn't get right. Um, but you know what? At the same time, I'm not disappointed. I'm happy to see Atlanta win because if you do that little rugby math thing, New York beat Atlanta, we beat New York. So we got the jabronis in round seven. So does that mean we're better than them? I mean, I know it's all about matchups. You can't, you yeah. can't extrapolate it like that, mm-hmm. but it made me feel a little bit more comfortable. Once an undefeated team kind of goes down, it shows – there, there's the blueprint to beat them. So, yeah, good on Atlanta, hard fought match, and they took the win at home. So, yeah, man, it's them. always it's always nice to see the Guild teams lose. And uh, up to this point, the Jabronis were undefeated, so it's nice to see them knock down a peg or two. Unfortunately, it happened from an Eastern Conference team that is right there in the playoff hunt. It was the same with us. So, it would have been nice if it was a Western Conference team. It is what it is, but you know, let's continue on. Yeah, the beasts of the East go three and zero in round six. I mean, nothing nothing changes, right? right. Um, yeah. So. As much as we hate it, we just got to keep pace with them, and that's okay. And then, for sure. so we finally kind of zero in, right? Our New England Free Jacks downing the arrows. Um, listen, I'm sure you and Dave are going to go over this, or uh, you know, you guys will go over this in depth in, in the Outrider segment for those of us listening. So my my only reaction to this one is, you know, I didn't see us. I did watch the full match. I didn't see us at, out of control at any part of this match. We started jumped on them early, kind of stayed on them. We absorbed a crap ton of their pressure, which some people will view as negative, the possession battle, but mm-hmm. I thought that that was a positive. That really showed that we can play some good defense. My only disappointment in the team, man, we've got to stop giving away those, um, yeah. you know, uh, bonus points. Yep. 
I think Diamond Dave refers to it because he was referring to one of the, the announcers that the squeaky butt time. Oh, that was <laughs> yeah, that was me. That was me. Yeah, that, oh, and, yeah. And squeaky butt time. Yeah, you got to make oh, sure yeah, that you're yeah. squeaky uh, you're butt time. Bat- yeah, so down the like, hatches. Yeah, we got to stop giving away. When, listen, it's clear, right? The next play ends the game, and we're more than eight points clear of the, or seven points clear of the other team. Yep. We're going to win the game. We've got to stop giving it away because that gives Toronto a valuable bonus point. Yep. And I, I don't see it. I, I really do see us, uh, Atlanta, New York, atop the East. But man, wouldn't it really suck to miss the playoffs by one point? You can look oh. back at this time on the table. I don't think it's going to happen, but you gotta, you gotta be ruthless. So yeah. that would be my key to, for the free Jacks going forward, get more ruthless, close the door on these people and yeah. leave nothing. You know, you're absolutely so. right. Bozo. I mean, it, it's a good point that you're making here is that we got to be closing out these games and not letting these teams back into it in any shape or form. I mean, the game was over in the sense that there was no way that Toronto was going to win, but they gave up that bonus point there at the end, the Jacks that is, and it's just unfortunate because that's two weeks in a row that that has happened. So we got to real quick. Can I, can I just say how spoiled are we though, that that's what we have to complain about though? (laughs) Yeah. Glad to play proud of hell. The boys, the conditions were hellacious. You know, they want to talk about, you know, Hey, this is a home field and it is new England. And Hey, I know that you're a a transplant to new England, but you've been here long enough that you're used to the weather. I'm a lifelong new Englander. So I'm used to the weather, but I mean, it's not hard to see that a lot of the free Jacks are from Dunedin and other mm-hmm. places in South, like South Africa mm-hmm. and whatever, maybe our Canadian boys are used to it, but some of these guys aren't used to that weather. So good on them. It's tough to play, play any sport in that, those conditions. So good for them. Yeah. A lot of the boys were taking photos after the match or, or video rather of the snow coming down. I think it was, you know, one of those things is like, this is not something that we experience at all, wherever they come from. So it's kind of cool to see that. Uh, it was cold as hell, but at the same time, it's just like, it is what it is, man. I'm an adopted son of New England at this point. Yeah, it's cold here in the wintertime. That's just how it is. So I, it didn't bother me too much. There was other issues that I was having that I'll talk about that in the Outrider segment. But let's get into um, round seven. Uh, here we go. What's going on here with your picks? Tell us before we get into anything, any type of special uh, conjuring that you did for these uh, this knowledge here that you've gathered? No, you know, this one, I did one of those um, – those physical suffering things so I could trigger, uh, trigger the visions. So, uh, over the weekend, you know, I just kind of, I, um, I didn't get naked, so don't get, get all <laughs> weird on me there, but I took off all my cold weather gear and I sat there and I did some breathing drills out there in the cold. And I really just kind of took it all in and mother nature and just really pondered on round seven in preparation, uh, for this one, this one, this one's going to be the more the mystical than the, than the watching of the previous round. So Fair enough. Fair I'm enough. hoping and praying that I go undefeated in round seven. All right. Let's so, get yeah. the picks underway here. Yeah, what here we go. So Utah is at home against Toronto. I believe this is finally, here we are folks, Toronto's final away match prior to their first home match. Unfortunately for them, they're running into red hot Utah Warriors. Mm-hmm. I see them just going down. Hey, it's just going to be tough to get there. Again, they've just been on the road for what, like 1,100 days or something yeah, like, like that. Uh, yeah. So they're on the road. Warriors are red hot. We got the Warriors over the Toronto Arrows. All right. That's too easy for me. Yeah. I think I, that's I, a lock. I think you're right about that. It's going to be tough for Toronto to go across the country one again here uh, to play Utah, a Utah team that just beat L.A., the defending champions. So, uh, yeah, it's a tough task for sure. I still believe in the arrows. If, they, if, if, if the roles were reversed, if they were at home, I'd be picking them. 
but I just don't see him doing it on the road. And then, so next up, we got another, again, in the, the parody, the parody in the West is, is pretty apparent to me at this point. So you've got the Gil Weenies versus San Diego Legion, both of them coming off of losses. Um, it's LA is again at home. Um, you know, I'm, I, I want to say the weenies, but no, no, San Diego is going to go into the Coliseum. They're going to get back to their winning ways. They're going to put the guillotinis to the sword. And hopefully this will be the first of many losses accumulated that just puts them to the sword. So they're one less Gil weenie jabroni team that we have to talk about. So <laughs> San Diego Legion goes into the Coliseum and takes out the Gil weenies. I just thought about this, but that has to be the shortest road trip in all of um, Major League Rugby. I think it's like an hour at the max, like two between these two uh, cities without traffic. So that definitely has to be the shortest, I would imagine. Um, yep. So that's kind of interesting to think about it. it. Obviously, it's an away game because San Diego is not at home, but it's practically in their own backyard there. So one thing to yeah. keep in mind, folks. And we'll skip over our game, of course. Uh, so yeah. I'll take it away with Dallas. Hey, you, if you've been listening to my segment at all, you know, I got mad love and respect for the Dallas Jackals, but in they're at home, but listen, Seattle's 0-3 through rounds four, five, and six. They get back on track in round seven, and they add to Dallas's misery, and they take down the Jackals. Good for rookie. Dallas. You know, easy pickings for the hunting that's going to go to take place for Seattle. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. Dallas continues to be loose. Um, Continues to lose, but hopefully our buddy Kale Hodgson, friend of the show, will get a try. That would be great. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say that. You took the, the words right out of my <laughs> mouth. Go, Kale, or a.k.a. Carl, as they yes. call him out there. In yes. Big yep. time social media gaffe that one lows of a six had to correct. Hilarious. Hey, they loved my comment, and they left it up there, so mad respect. Love, my, love me some Dallas Jackals. And then here we go. Here's my hot take. Phil? Strap it in, buddy. I hope oh, that you shit. got your seatbelt buckled for this pick. This is a hot take. The Nola Gold defeat Ooh. the Hoboken semifinalists at home in the gold mine. Ladies and gentlemen, if you remember correctly, Nola Gold is winless at home. Yep. Winless. Mm -hmm. They're, well, no, they were off last week. Were they? No, no, they won last week. So they're two on the bounce right now. So they're going to make it three and beat New Jersey. So. That's that's one hell of a pick, Chris. I love what you're saying there, Bozo. This is fantastic. I would love to see New Jersey knock down a peg or two, a peg or two against a lesser opponent away. That would be fantastic. Kind of leading us up to the April 24th, I believe, uh, match that we have against them once again there in Hoboken. Hoboken RFC, the Pizza Rats, the Sopranos, the semifinalists, and the Dirt Peckers, whatever the hell you want to call them. I'm ready to see them fall down quite a bit in the standings. That would be fantastic. So yeah, and uh, listen again, I don't want to I don't want to take too much on the segment. I'll just leave it at this. I kind of it's not the same, but Nola kind of is giving me the same kind of vibes that the Free Jacks were last year. Mm. I think that they're becoming an, an underrated team. I think they had a very slow start. I think they're finding their feet. They're a gritty team. Listen, they've got a they've got Cam Dolan and they've got a couple other Eagles on the team. I just I think that they're going to start to come into form, and I think it starts in round seven against the Hoboken semifinalists, and they take them down to the gold mine. Love that. Let's go. <laughs> And for the um, the Southern Bowl, if you want to call it that, I don't have a better name for it. Um, we've got uh, Old Glory DC against Rugby Atlanta, is what I like to call them. 
because I think the initial thing is just so stupid. Um, who you got? Yeah, the, the Rattlers, right? Or something like that. That I'm anyway. okay with. It's just the ATL thing bugs me for whatever reason. I don't like that. I like Rattlers. If that's what your nickname wants to be, uh, some type of animal, that's perfectly fine. I don't like the ATL sh- stuff. Yeah. Listen, I, I think, oh, uh, unfortunately for OGDC, our red, white, and blue brethren down there, they remain winless. Um, I think they're that ATL Atlanta Rattlers, whatever they are. I think they're just too good. Uh, and unfortunately, what really makes me sad about this match is I believe it's a bonus point win for Atlanta, mm-hmm. not just a dub. I yeah. think they get the four try bonus point, which really stinks for us because it's yeah. just another point on the board. It puts some distance between us, but we can write the ship when we play them and hand That's them right. a big fat L that's coming up soon, guys. We're going to have Tammy McQueen, who is now working for the Atlanta Club, um, on the show in like a week or two. So um, make sure you're tuned in for that. That's uh, that's breaking news right there. I don't think I've said that. Or maybe I did last week. I don't know. Um, let's get to, to over to the uh, New England Free Jacks <laughs> game here. Let me scroll up. Yeah, there here we, we go. go. All right. All right. So we have to go out to Austin and play the jabronis a semi kind of homecoming for captain larson his first sure. mlr side mm-hmm. i think they were the austin elite uh then. right yeah so he did he was never a jabroni thank god yeah <laughs> um but we've got to go out there and listen obviously i'm picking the free jacks but i actually have a reason so the jabronis have been blooded ladies and gentlemen they have a loss in the column mm-hmm. they've finally taken their loss and you know how you respond to that loss is really important. And I think, unfortunately for the jabronis, they're running into the red hot free jacks. We came off that road win against the Hoboken semifinalists, a gritty grinding win at home where our defense was tested in the elements. I think now the boys are going to be, you know, we got beautiful weather and the schedule this week for new England. So the boys will be out on the pitch out there at Fort Quincy playing. And then they're going to be going down to Texas, man. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. They're going to be high flying. Dougie Fife is back. Milch Wilson's playing out of his mind. I don't, I don't know. Bozo's having a hard time figuring out when Bodine Walker is not going to be the best player in the league right now. Right. He's absolutely shredding people mm-hmm. and man, Joe Johnston, Slade McDowell, just flying around stacking bodies everywhere. Watch out jabronis. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a tough test, though, because the Jeronis are legit, unfortunately, and it's yeah. an away trip all the way down there to Austin. You know, hopefully uh, Josh Larson has a great game because I know he had a nightmare experience there with the uh, Austin elite way back in the day. So, yeah, hoping uh, for the best for our Free Jacks. Of course, we're going to be picking them. I don't think it's a shocker. This is a fan podcast. We're certainly not experts, but we're huge fans of the Free Jacks. We are Rangers, so we're always going to pick our Free Jacks. I just think it's going to be a very, very close game. So, well, yeah. And, and again, if people remember from last year, I do not have a 100% pick the free Jacks record. That's true. And they made That's me right. eat my words last yep. time. They but sure and, and, and in all honesty, if I truly feel that the free Jacks aren't going to win the game for some reason, I'll express those concerns. I'm not afraid to do that even on a fan podcast, but for real, they rugby ATL exposed them, beat them pretty good. And so they've shown the weakness. And again, like I think the parody in the West hasn't translated just because you're top of the table in the West. You haven't met the beasts of the East and they're 0-1 against one of those beasts. And they're about to be 0-2. Love that. Love that confidence. Bozo, you got anything before we get out of here? No, man, I'm just enjoying my white mountain magic. Have a good one. (laughs) All right. In three, two, one. 
Huzzah! Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Ranger Show. I'm joined, as always, by Dave McVeigh. Dave, how the hell are you? I'm doing great, Phil. How are you? Pretty good. Feels good to be good. Feels good to win. Winning is fun. Confirmed once again at the home opener. What an amazing, awesome time that we had there. Tell us about your experience. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty fantastic. Did you warm up yet, Phil? Still, <laughs> teeth still chattering. Um, it was great. I got there at about eleven forty-five. I it was actually a really tough decision with my family as to whether you know my wife and, and daughters were going to go. They were really looking forward to it. In the end, we decided that you know it probably wouldn't they wouldn't be able to stay very long, and so it probably wasn't worth it. So I came down alone and spent the entire day there. Got there around noon, right as the Independents were kicking off um watched parts of that game i'd planned to watch all of it but it was probably the worst weather of the day actually right mm-hmm. around noon it was pouring rain um and very windy so i stayed with my team charles river under our tents as they were getting ready for the second match um talking to guys and getting everybody hyped up to take on the boston irish wolfhounds um charles river scored first in that match but unfortunately the wolfhounds were a little too much for us um and they emerged victorious, but it was a lot of fun. We got every player who wanted to play in. I say we, like I'm still coaching, but I got to just just watch. It was wonderful. Um, they got every player that wanted to play in, um, you know, really made a, a great club day out of it, made sure everybody got to share in a little bit of that glory, have a great time, get a run in. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was messy, you know, a lot of drop balls um but guys seem to have a really good time and it was very um very physical match between the two the two clubs charles river and boston irish so really great really great day overall got some food very reasonable concession prices i just want to point out pizzas pretzels hot dogs and stuff not too bad only five bucks for a beer um so really good stuff great way to spend the day and then of course the you know piece de resistance the actual free jacks match was pretty incredible we'll talk about that yeah. at length later but uh absolutely yeah i had a great time it was great to be back in uh, veterans memorial stadium mm-hmm. uh, sight lines there are just so good it is such a good place to watch uh uh field game no bad seat in the house honestly yeah. it's, it's truly the case i know that uh, josh beck has said that a couple times on this show and it is the truth you know it's, it's a great place to watch a game and you get all of the vantage points regardless of where you're at you can see everything on the pitch there so that's pretty exciting my experience was a little less than stellar i was just in a bad mood i, I had forgotten my um free jacks jacks rangers bag that included a bunch of stuff that i was going to be giving to people that i told them that oh. i would be bringing to the game so that put me in a bad mood the drive down is just you know it, it is what it is it's a little bit closer than fort quincy but it's still a little stressful for me so i showed up with you know just i don't know just not in the best of moods even though i should have been right because we're, we're trying to you know have gratitude and be like oh man it's so awesome that this is happening right it's the home opener for our free jacks i just i don't know man like it was tough for me to to get into that uh, that spirit unfortunately so um yeah i think part of that is like I'm more of a private person. It doesn't probably doesn't seem like it with people watching this stuff like, oh, he's so talkative and everything like that when he does the show. But me in person in real life is just a little bit less. It's more introverted. It's more of my style. And I think that 
I don't know. I, I kind of get in my own head a little bit about certain things. Like I have these expectations to uphold. I'm going to be letting people down if I'm not overly friendly and stuff like that. So I, I just got to, I got to get a little bit better about that and, and just have more gratitude of everything overall. I feel like with the free Jacks. Um, so yeah, um, that was my experience. I mean, I, once the game started, I kind of felt, you know, a little bit better about things and was really getting yeah. into it. And by the end I was, you know, same old me, but yeah, it was just kind of a weird experience. So um, hopefully we'll have some better ones uh, going forward there at the Free Jacks games. Yeah, weather weather didn't help much. It's hard, a little right. hard to get your spirits up when it's that uh, sure. gross. Um, did you catch the my favorite of all the fans? There were a lot of people dressed up, leprechauns and everything. But one of my very favorites was, uh, I believe it was the daughter of Charles River Old Boy Mo. Um, was dressed up as Fozzie Bear and had the Waka Waka sign. <laughs> yes, they got I her up on that. the Jumbotron. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that was, she she stole the day for me. But she, like every other kid I saw, was gone in an hour. I don't think I saw, right. I kept yep. seeing kids and being like, oh, I should have brought my kids. I guess you know. I guess I'm just we're all just wimps. And then uh, <laughs> I wouldn't see the same kid. They would be gone. They yeah, they all had yeah. to leave. I know Ted, one of our outriders, yes, came up from the yes. Cape with his family. He had to take off. Yep, sure um, I think just after halftime. Yeah, uh, he took off. Right. That sounds about right. Yeah, he, I think I can't remember the exact wording, but yeah, yeah, he had to he had to head on out with the fam. They, I think they had given up at that point. So yeah, uh, good good on them for showing up. Uh, you know, it was interesting conditions for sure. You know, it was definitely New England in March weather. Um, that was uh, absolute as to what took place there on the field, the conditions. But you know, it yep. is what it is. You know, if you want to stick it out like a lot of us did, it, it, you know, I, I'm I'm surprised to see that many people showed up to begin with, and there was still quite a bit of people that remained throughout the entire game. So that's very encouraging. Yeah, one thing I noticed that's pretty cool, just worth talking about, if people haven't yet caught a match at Veterans Memorial is uh, how great the sight line is down around the field because of the way the field's built in that big concourse area. Uh, throughout the match, fans are just lining up around mm -hmm. there. And, you, you know, there's no seats for it, obviously. It's just right. a, a really a, a good, really close-up viewing area that, again, like doesn't block anybody's sight line from the stands. Really well designed. Um, but you can really, no matter where your seat is, get up close. And I saw people taking advantage of that um, during the match uh, throughout. So for sure. Let's talk about the Howard Johnson uh, hotel, I guess is technically what it is. Um, you had some history about them that you want to share with us? Yeah, you you say you said you told me that you stayed at the Howard Johnson. I got yes. all excited because I'm a big history nerd. They uh Howard Johnson used to be a really big deal. So um they uh, are a restaurant chain or were a restaurant chain. Now there is only one Howard Johnson restaurant left in existence. And it is in upstate New York. Um, but they started as a restaurant chain in Quincy, Massachusetts. Um, the original Howard Johnson was in Quincy. And they expanded through the early 19th century along with automobile culture. So okay, as yep. road touring became a big thing, Howard Johnson spread. And one of the main ways they did it was through uh, putting restaurants on turnpikes, signing deals with states as a state okay. like uh, Pennsylvania, Connecticut built their turnpikes. Howard Johnson invented the, you know, uh, rest stop, essentially. Oh. They'd put a little hotel right there. You didn't even have to get off the turnpike. You just go right from the pike into the parking lot, eat your meal, and head on out. They added hotels later. Hotels were kind of a second uh, expansion of their business. Hmm. Um, and then they actually were a big player in the civil rights struggle in uh, the sixties. 
Um, they got uh, a Howard Johnson chain. Uh, it's a franchise. So one of the restaurants refused to serve the Ghanaian okay. uh, minister of finance. So oh. a black foreign dignitary, an African dignitary caused a huge problem. Uh, but Howard Johnson ended up writing a letter supporting a desegregation, you know, the corporate stance saying that, you know, our restaurant shouldn't be segregated. Um, eventually they, you know, like a lot of businesses from back then, just saw a gradual decline. It's hard to hard to stay cool for a hundred years. So now Howard Johnson's like, you know, not much, but they are actually a Quincy institution that had a huge place in the cultural history and the food history of the United States, kind of inventing that roadside quick service, not quite fast food, but you know, all those quick service restaurants we all love. They sure. they're the OG Applebee's basically. How about that? That is incredible. I did yeah. not know a lot of that history there. So I appreciate you throwing that in. Let me talk about my hotel review at the Howard Johnson. So uh, the appeal, of course, for a lot of the Rangers out there is it's right across the street from Fort Quincy. It was too tempting to pass up for the home opener. I figured I would just get lit and stumble back from the game and collapse on the bed that I rented for less than $140. And by the way, I, I rented it like a day or two prior to the actual match. So um, if you check it for future games, it might be higher or lower than that, depending on the time frame. I thought it was like the perfect scenario. I did not remember at the time that I did purchase the priority parking pass that I did not use for this game because I was parked in the hotel parking lot, however. So that is something for people to consider since I didn't, unfortunately. So if you do have the parking pass, it might not be the best situation for you because you've already spent all of that money on parking there um, when you could just actually park at the Howard Johnson if you wanted to stay there for absolutely no money uh, other than the actual fee for renting the place out for that one night. When I walked into the office area, there was a tweenest aged kid playing a switch that seemed to be less than, you know, uh, attentive with me standing there. So they obviously weren't an employee, maybe, you know, a brother of, uh, you know, somebody that works there or something like that. So, um, you know, it took about three or four minutes, which I'm not used to. I'm always expecting somebody to be right there at the uh, the office area, at the lobby area um, to wait on people. So that was that was a little odd, I thought. But um, um, once the person did show up, you know not an overly friendly experience, but was quick in providing the keys. The elevator sounded like the Tower of Terror, David, uh, at Disney. <laughs> so be mindful of that, folks, if you're going to stay there. It's only two floors, so you might want to take the stairs. That's just uh, Phil Harris's pro tip there. Um, the room itself was very clean. It had a very retro vibe. I posted some po uh, photos on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram of the actual location. The light fixture is really cool looking. It's almost like that atomic era um, of American... Uh, design or whatever uh, so i thought that was really cool a very large bathtub that that's the way that i i quickly warm up but i just made a warm bath for myself as soon as i got back and just de-thawed in the in the bathtub so that was pretty fun um you know and i'm a big dude you know so i fed in uh, i fit in there very easily which is very rare for a bathtub a powerful shower head, which was nice, uh, two queen-size beds that were very comfortable, and the place was very quiet, despite the fact that I knew that Spider had taken up temporary residence somewhere on the property, um, so it was very quiet. I was surprised. Uh, you know, a lot of our Jax fans are very rowdy people, but uh, it was very quiet throughout the night. I'm not sure if this was included with the property or it's a neighboring pool, because I, I didn't look behind there. I just had the view from my room. There was a decaying, empty pool that I posted a picture of. Uh, when you look out the window. So that was my, you know, grand view is just this terrible dilapidated pool that almost looked like a haunted uh, type of uh, scenario there. Um, 
other than that, you know, the, the smell was not great in the hallways in the, and in the elevator. But other than that, it was a really good stay. And it's a great option for people uh, if you don't want to you know, drive back that night, wherever you happen to be going after the game. There you go. Sounds about sounds about right for yeah. the price point and the you know location. Location is definitely what you're getting there, right? I yes. mean, you're walking distance to the stadium. That's pretty fantastic. I've been in some dumps on rugby trips mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you're when you're trying to put you know twenty thirty guys all in the same hotel um, on the weekend of a rugby tournament. It's slim picking sometimes, and you're always scraping the barrel for price. So. Yeah, so definitely not a dump, but not the Ritz-Carlton as well. So keep that in mind, guys. So we'll move over to our Toronto review. Toronto 15, Free Jacks 21. The Jacks strike first with Bodine, the best player in MLR, getting the party started with a probing up and uh, up and under. I put up and down, but that's definitely not what it is. Up and <laughs> under. Then soccer kicks it like it's no big deal as Toronto Watts stunned for a moment. Of course, the bouncing ball finds him again, and he almost finishes the amazing play himself, but gets tackled by a starry-eyed arrow player. But Bodine is a New Zealander, so he was looking for the offload and found Joe Johnson, who was uh, who scores a try to start proceedings at Fort Quincy. What a beautiful first try uh, to to being at home in MLR 2022. Waka's conversion is, of course, good. 7-0, four minutes in. Do you think your prediction would be on the money at that point, Dave, after that razzle-dazzle there? Yeah, I was feeling pretty good about us putting 40 points up. Uh, the yeah, timeline certainly too. was working out. Yep. Um, it was ama- I mean, it was amazing. Uh, I was standing with, her with, with a friend in the crowd, and we just kept going back to it. Um, over the course of the rest of the match, just what a what an incredible skill piece it was. Um, the finish by Joe Johnston really, really excellent as well. It's fun to watch on replay because he kind of fakes left and just freezes and just glues two Toronto guys into this spot because they're coming across to tackle. And then he, he only he didn't have a long way to go. But, you know, if he just made the dive, they could have kept coming and they maybe could have held him up. But he makes that little cut, freezes those guys, and then and then makes the turn and finishes. And there's mm-hmm. nothing they can do because he made them slow down. I'll tell you uh, what, really, man. really good stuff. It seems like he's playing games in slow motion. That's how in form he is right now. It just seems like everything is slowed down for Waka. He's just exploiting just this this great opportunity that he has to shine. I guess is the best way to, to describe it. And he certainly is. Um, you know, it's important to note that the re- the cold rain did turn into snow. That was beautiful to, uh, to see in quite that this is New England kind of moment uh, for us in the crowd there. Um, but I think that played into it not being such a high scoring, you know, running rugby type of game. So uh, the high scoring affair that was we both predicted did not seem to materialize, though, as, as the next point score did did not come until 36 minutes into the game as Toronto's Sam Malcolm is successful with a penalty kick, 7-3. to three. Jack's still on top due to some excellent defense that we're kind of watching over here, unfortunately, that we now come to expect from our team. So, you know, Toronto had a couple opportunities to punch in a try, and they just didn't get it done. Part of that is because, you know, they shot themselves in the foot, or, you know, you could also look at it as our defense was so good, our scramble defense that you constantly talk about on these reviews. It was just so excellent and it has been in form all season where we just kind of expect you know teams not to score on us uh, under certain circumstances yeah it's it's cool to be a fan of such a defensively skilled team you know it's kind of it's kind of different than 
I don't know, like if people are Red Sox, I'm a Red Sox fan, not a super fan, but I like the Red Sox and, you know, how to have the Red Sox won those World Series in recent memory by just knocking the skin off the ball, right? <laughs> just incredible right. offense. So mm -hmm. it's pretty neat to uh, have a different perspective with the Free Jacks and have a team that you know is going to come out and really, really hold the line every single week and minimize the amount of damage that the team that they're playing can do they certainly did that in the first half toronto won the territory battle they won the possession battle mm -hmm. you know part of that is is game plan stuff new england intends to kick the ball to the other team and then put pressure on and, and wait for mistakes yep uh, we're, we're comfortable defending um, and that's all according to plan but it still speaks to just how much time they spent defending mm -hmm. whether you're comfortable doing it or not it's incredible to do it for 60 70 percent of a match and only mm -hmm. give up you know a handful of points yeah super impressive i'm super proud of this team you know uh, the score remained the same as the first half came to an end uh what were your thoughts overall in the first half dave i thought that they played very well defensively like we just talked about they seemed in control yeah uh of their tactics to do they seemed to be doing what they wanted to do mm -hmm. um we did have some really good box kicking the territory doesn't do the kicking justice i feel like because we were pretty deep in our in our half and had a number of really good exits from both jp and waka um kicking the ball out to make sure that when Toronto did get those small breaks, they weren't small breaks into the end goal. You know, we could handle a little bit of a uh, press because we had a little bit of a cushion. Um, so really good kicking in the first half in particular and excellent tackling. The tackling, the con it's really hard to tackle when it's that wet. You literally just slide off of guys. You know, you try to get a grip and, and you can't grab anything. Their jerseys are wet. Your hands are cold. Um, we saw some creative tackling technique. At one point, Slade just like put his whole arm around yep. a guy's waist and kind of yep. rode him backwards and picked him up. Because that's the stuff you got to do. You just got to get in there, sure. um, get stuck in however you can and slow these guys down. They that did a great job of that. That's not something they're practicing on the pitch, you know. That's just something you have to come up with in the moment to try to get somebody on the ground. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100% tenacity. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, and he's got plenty of that. Uh, let's talk about after the half, the Jacks quickly got back on the score sheet with that man again, Slade McDowell, running another great line just like the previous game against New Jersey, scoring a try 48 minutes in. Of course, Waka's conversion is good, and it's actually bounced off the scoreboard. Uh, I saw that in the uh, – um, the replay there 14 to three to their credit Toronto continued to fight regardless of the scoreline and the weather I thought they showed a lot of heart much more than we saw from New Jersey last year in the rain game at Fort Union Point wanted to get that in there tighten that screw a little bit uh, the arrows were pesky through the match and the great margin of victory that we confidently we felt would happen never came to be um, attacking deep into Jack's territory with the referee playing advantage, Sam Malcolm delivered a cross-field kick that you would think was coming from Walk. It was that well-placed to an unmarked Webster on the wing for a arrows try that was annoyingly pretty, David. Um, try time Toronto <laughs> in the corner. Conversion is extremely difficult and no good. 14-8, to eight, 
55 minutes in, Toronto is knocking on the door to spoil our home opener, just like we did in New Jersey, Dave. Were you a little nervous at that point? Yeah, I mean, it was, I'd say probably before that point, I had realized that I was, you know, wrong about Toronto <laughs> just not being that good. Right. Uh, they really came to play on Saturday. And around that time in the match when they scored that crossfield kick, you know, when a team can generate tries that way, and they had advantage on that when they when they did it, you yeah. know, they were they really were looking good. Um, they start to feel pretty dangerous. Uh, so the last, you know, twenty five or so thirty minutes of the match uh, was uh, a, a little bit a little bit worrying. They Toronto looked great. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I knew that this team was good. You know, we talked to Brian Ray in the last episode, or I did specifically. And, you know, he was talking them up a little bit. And, you know, when you were listening to him, it, it felt like, oh, man, did we did we screw up with our predictions? And I guess we kind of did. We still got the – I mean, we got the score. I mean, the, the winner, yeah. right? So that's always good, right? Um, thankfully, some ill-discipline for Toronto helped us preserve the festive atmosphere. 61 minutes in, the TOMO determines a punch to the chest by Cole Keith, forces Toronto to go down to 14 men with 10 four, – four 10 minutes, rather. Um, and then along came a hero. The man of the match from the broadcast, Slade McDowell, puts on an amazing individual performance, causing seven missed tackle opportunities in the process to score a try 67 minutes in. Waka conversion doinks off the post and in 21 to 8. Is it party time at that point in your mind? Yeah, I think it, I think that really took a lot of the pressure off. Uh, we could see that it wasn't a big high-scoring game, so just having a little bit more of a margin um, definitely made the rest of the match more fun. I know I'm contradicting myself a little bit from what I just said about how Toronto, <laughs> you know, could generate those creative tries, but right. that's what made the margin a little bit um, yeah. uh, not more important, but helped help to enjoy the remainder of the match because you did feel like Toronto were there. Yep. So you want to be up by more than, you know, six points to really be able to say, okay, yeah, we're having we're having a great time. Now, here shortly, I'm going to sound like a spoiled fan by us winning <laughs> uh, so much this year so far. But so, guys, don't, you know, don't label me as that. I'm just trying to bring up some collective criticism here, here momentarily. But my thought at this point was that we needed to go for the jugular and get another try. Uh, so that we could get a bonus point, you know, four tries equals a bonus point because the race for the top of the East is getting super tight. If you guys look at this, uh, the uh, standings right now, it's really, really uh, close. Uh, unfortunately, that was not the case as Captain Josh Larson is sent to the sin bin for 10 minutes at 71 minutes in. I think you were saying that he uh, was throwing a little bit of an elbow um, or a forearm at somebody, Dave. Yeah, it was a long, it was like the longest 60 seconds of any rugby game ever because the Toronto got deep into the New England 22 and then therefore I can't remember his name uh but the the four for Toronto oh in, Mike in Shepard, the mall. right yeah I, th I believe that's right in the mall that um ensued from the Toronto lineout he he gets Quentin Newcomer in a headlock yeah. and then he just kind of takes his legs out from under him himself so that with his body weight he pulled Newcomer down by his neck. Uh, newcomer seemed fine, mm -hmm. but the the touch judge caught it immediately. Flag went out, foul play, so we got to stop. Yeah. Um, you know, and this was after the the Keith Cole 
stoppage that you mentioned earlier, like 60 minutes, which mm-hmm. took a, a lo- so long that they didn't have a hydration break. They just yes. kept going. They were yep. like, that's long enough. We're going to keep going. Um, so there'd been a lot of stoppage. So at this point, you're like, Ugh, you know, we're going to stop and wait again just because it's cold. You know, they got to do what they got to do, especially for foul play. And Toronto ends up just a penalty. Um, New England kicks down, has a line out a, around the, the halfway line. And we set up a mall and start driving. And Josh Larson and Lucas Rumble just kind of come spilling out of the side of it. Mm-hmm. And Josh Larson is giving him the business <laughs> on the ground a little bit. Um, clearly agitated. Rumble gets up and points to his head. You know, I, I in the moment from the stands uh, knew that it was probably not good news for the for the Free Jacks. So right. um, Larson ended up off for the uh, rest of the match because that mm-hmm. was like 71 and a half That's right. minutes. Yep. Uh, watching parts of the recorded broadcast at the end had me red in the face as we kept giving up possession to Toronto very late in this game. And eventually they acted on our dare and scored in garbage time 83 minutes in. It kind of reminded me of that New Jersey garbage time try from the week prior. Conversion is good, which means that Toronto secures a bonus point for themselves before falling through their trap door on their way out of Fort Quincy. A little frustrating, but a win is a win. Of course, a win is a win. It's so important that we keep that in mind. But I have to say, like, that killer instinct that we should have had in that game, it didn't materialize at the end. I mean, obviously, it seemed like we were going to win the game, so maybe the team was just happy, you know, walking out of there with a win. But we have to continue to factor in the need for more bonus points and not letting our rivals in the East score a bonus point on us. It's one point, but you know, we'll get into that a little bit later on because our buddy uh, Ranger John Elsnaw did send us over a little email explaining about that sort of stuff. But um, there was also a mall that we had that seemed like, you know, within the 22 or over the 22, maybe at their five meter line, it seems like, and we couldn't punch that in either. And it reminded me of the week prior, I was having flashbacks where we tried like four times to score on New Jersey from a mall, a line out mall try situation. And it never materialized because they defended it so well, but that's it. I mean, it comes down to execution and it just, I'm, I'm very happy that they won the game. I'm happy this team is good. They are good, but we haven't seen them play their best game yet, David. And that's a little frustrating. Yeah. I mean, I think that they're uh, still coming together a little bit. I think they're playing very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say if talking about point table stuff for this match, I'd say we, you know, we got ours. We could have, you know, we could have stopped them from getting theirs. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, we, we could have done one better, like you said, and, and kept Toronto off that point. Same as New York last week. Um, you know, I haven't I haven't dissected the last few minutes to see, you know, are we making did we make a bunch of errors? Is it? Right. Is it just, you know, the tries got to happen sometime and, and, you know, that, that those came there. We, we defend the same way we had been defending all game and they just got through or were we a little asleep at the wheel? I don't have it. I don't have an answer for that. I mean, I I would encourage any fan if they really are um, uh, curious to go back and go back and take a look, you know, see if we do have a little bit of a shift. I know that JP was eager for the everybody was eager for the game to end. I think he just asked the ref um, if he could kick it to touch. Going from memory, I, I think he uh, toward the end of the game there was something about that where he was. I think we had a scrum and, and it wasn't quite full time, 
um, we were down inside our our 22 and just kind of waiting for the buzzer, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see. Three three points of you know data is a trend, right? So that's two garbage time tries. Um, I'd say if it happens a third time, start start looking at if there's you know a, ca- a cause behind that. That's fair. I think that's very reasonable on your part there. Um, let's talk about our email from Ranger John, a friend of the show who's been on the show previously uh, as a person that we've interviewed. He actually stood beside me pretty much the entire, I want to say the second half of the game. And we were kind of going back and forth. He's got a lot of rugby knowledge. He, he played played for a long time. I don't know if he was ever a coach, but he certainly thinks like one. So I really appreciated having him there with me uh, while, you know, talking about it as it was uh, playing out. So he says, can you guys discuss bonus points Based on some of the Facebook chat, there are a number of people who don't understand them or for that matter, the way the standings are determined. So he provides a scenario. He says, here's a scenario why I think it's key for fan understanding. Example one, if we score a fourth try and get a bonus point Saturday against Toronto, we're in sole possession of second place and tied in points with ATL, which is Atlanta. Um, Example two, if we don't allow New York that bonus point, they would have been behind us last week and remain since then. Example three, we don't allow New York that last try. We score a fourth try against Toronto, and we don't let Toronto score that last try because of points, record, and point differential. We are now in first place. So he says, okay, um, so maybe example three is a little bit of a stretch, but it certainly doesn't, it wasn't beyond the realm of possibility. A good example of a couple of small events, huge impact on standings. I think he's right there. So, uh, do with it as you will just had that brewing in my mind and had seen some posts asking about points and how that all works and whatnot uh i thought you had a good form to address that and some at some point down the road well at some point is right now john so we appreciate you sending that over i think you set that over at like 6 30 something so i'm glad i saw that to include that um thoughts on what he wrote yeah uh he's right it's, rugby is this is a pool based game um which means that you earn points on this in the standings for your performance in a match yeah so there are uh four different ways that you can get points and increase your point total in the standings the first way is by winning a match if you win a match you get four points mm-hmm. um really straightforward the second way is by drawing a match so if you have a tie both teams essentially split the four points you each get two right so a win is four points a tie each team gets two points now there's two more ways that you can get points one is for scoring four tries in a match any team can do that winner or loser doesn't matter if you won lost or drew you can have a draw where the teams tie, both teams score four tries, and each team is going to come away with three points, two for the draw, one for the tries. It's called the try bonus. So you'll hear announcers talk about, oh, that's a bonus point try mm-hmm. if a team scores their fourth try. Um, the final way that you can get a point in the standings is what's called a losing bonus point, And you get that if you lose by seven points or fewer. Mm-hmm. So 14 to 21, 50 to 57, 
zero to seven doesn't matter as long as the margin is seven points or less you get a bonus point for losing and obviously at losing bonus point only the loser can get that point right the winner is still going to get four points like usual both teams can get the the try bonus point so what we're talking about with the uh toronto match is that try at the end brought them up within seven points of us and it gets it doesn't affect how many points we get but it gets them one extra point so they now have 10 points in the standings um, where if we had stopped them they would have nine points in the standings if we had scored a fourth try in the match um then we would have gotten another point. So we're at 19 points right now. Right. If we scored a fourth try, say the mall that you were talking about, you know, we got over and we touched that down, we would have an extra point. We'd have 20 points. We'd mm-hmm. be tied with Atlanta right now. Um, so giving up those tries at the end of the match does have an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just like, empty griping it does impact the standing (laughs) not not 100% of the time but in these cases it's impacted the standing so it's a meaningful score for the team that we've been playing against um that's the those are the scenarios in which you can you can earn points um you can so you can earn as many as two points for a loss and as many as five points for victory four or five points for a win zero one or two points for losing and two points or three points for a draw yep um yeah i i i do like the system i initially didn't like it um i I am a soccer guy i think a lot of people know that at this point i do enjoy soccer as well as rugby um and i think that they have it best with their simplistic version if you win you get three points if you draw you get one point both teams do and there that's it (laughs) like there's no i mean if you lose you get zero points um but i i do like the ability for you know if you've got if you scored four tries you get that extra point or if you if you're on a losing effort and you stay within seven that you get a point as well i ultimately i do like it it's a bit more complicated than what i you know what i prefer which is soccer but it is what it is i think it is good for the sport um and yeah we we have to keep this stuff in mind going forward because we're in a race for the number one spot in the East. So all this little stuff does add up at the end. And it would be awful if we somehow missed the playoffs by one point or something like that. I mean, I hate to even say it, but uh, boy, oh boy, that would be rough. Um, that's what happened to NOLA last year. I think they they missed the playoff by one point, which is crazy to think about. And then their head coach gets fired because of it ultimately is what happens. So uh, there are consequences for these things. And, you know, it's better to be clinical and and, um, and get things done in a game late or, you know, when you want to go home, it's cold outside or whatever. You know, the effort should still be put in to try to make sure that you're getting these extra points because um, they're hard to come by. Ultimately, it's it's a tough league. Um, and we thought we'd run all over Toronto because that's our home opener and we're a better team than them. And we, you know, didn't even win by seven. So might, might've been a little excited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a, chance, we were... there's a chance I was a little excited. Me too, man. Me too. I yeah. picked, it, uh, picked a higher um, point margin than you did point differential yeah. rather. So, um, let me get into musket, musket size pants scent. So Mike Shepard, who I believe was playing number four, which is the counterpart to Josh Larson and 
position and also captaincy. Um, he is six foot four, 245 pounds, which is my exact height and weight right now, which is pretty cool. Um, my height's not going to change, uh, but my weight might. Uh, <laughs> he was capped for Canada 11 times, plays lock, is the captain for Toronto in this game. He's very abrasive. That is what Brian Ray said about him. I didn't say that specifically, but that's what Brian Ray said. Um, and he has a massive... That's what his friends say about him. Yes, exactly. Right. I'm sure. Um, he has a massive lumberjack beard. Um, what's not to like, right? He's a great player. I couldn't really think of anybody, so I just chose him. Uh, pretty good representation of what uh, Toronto wants to be like in terms of physical, that Canadian side of rugby that Brian Ray was talking about. They want to be extremely physical, yada, yada, yada. So he yeah. is the musket size pants uh, this week, and we will go into MVP, and I'll let you go first. Yeah, this one was tough. Um, I thought there were a lot of really good performances. Uh, I'm curious to see who you picked. Mm. Um, I... I'll I'll just give, pick my MVP and then I want to give a shout out after if you don't pick the other person I was thinking about. Okay. Um. So my man of the match MVP, it's got to be Slay McDowell. Yeah. Um, Woo! <laughs> it, great defense uh, was a hallmark of the game. It's been a hallmark of the Free Jacks all season. That's why I gave like the whole back row of my mm -hmm. MVP the other the other week. Um, in this game, it, it was on show. Uh, very difficult conditions, mm -hmm. difficult to catch, difficult to pass, difficult to tackle. Um, his tackling was really good. He was as hungry as a dog in a butcher shop. Uh, he was out there looking for work all night. Um, the two tries he had, we talked about already. The first one, go back and watch the replay. He makes a really clever line adjustment right before he takes the ball. He... Uh, runs a pretty straight line but before he takes it he kind of takes a, a little unders angle like back towards the ruck and mm -hmm. just changes his point of attack and that's how he slips between the two guys they they're not focused on him he sees that he can reposition and, and get a really clean line and he runs in uh, i mean the whole toronto defense is set they know what's happening they know that that jp's gonna pass the ball out um and slade just zips right in anyway uh, and then his second try, obviously the monster where he beats seven tacklers, um, guys getting their hands on him and he just keep, he just kept hopping. Yep. Uh, he absolutely refused to stop fighting and he, he got a try out of it. It was really, really excellent at that point. That was literally half of the Toronto team that he beat. Yep. It's half of the team. Yep. He just runs through them. It's seven guys. They're down a man. They only have 14 people. He beat half of the Toronto Arrows to score that try. That's the stuff you don't even see. You know, I mean, that's like big fish, small pond, club rugby stuff where you got yep. some guy, you're like, oh, okay, look at the athlete over here. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was phenomenal. So Slade McDowell, man of the match. Uh, I, I couldn't, you know, agree more. This is uh, this is pretty cool that we picked the same person here. The broadcast got it right as well in their assessment of the man of the match in this game. Slade McDowell, in my humble opinion, is the signing of the season for the Free Jacks. He's putting in some really impressive performances at open side flanker. He's back two tries. The last one he had no business scoring, as you were describing. Beating out seven tackles is insane. Oh, and by the way, a super nice guy. So, you know, we don't like to have all of this bias 
process and stuff like that towards the players on the team. But, you know, we want to root a little bit extra for the guys that are like, you know, friends of the show or, you know, are, are super nice to us or whatever. When Dave and I were at the Free Jacks theme party, he came up to us and talked to us and listened very intently to what we had to say and was super engaged with us, which I thought was really cool. You know, a new guy coming from New Zealand. He didn't know us from the hole in the ground, you know. Um, he is the MVP of the Fords this season and deserves to be this week's MVP. Slade Wilson, or excuse me, Slade Mc. Why the hell did I say Slade Wilson? Slade McDowell. You're, you're creating a hybrid. That's yes, next season. Yeah, the yeah, genetic yeah. laboratory. <laughs> Slade McDowell, Mitch Wilson. Boom. We need to get a uh, Mr. DNA animation for that. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I um, mean, go ahead. Yeah, no, he he was phenomenal. I I do want to tip my hat to JP. Um, mm. I watched the game a second time today. I did not see him throw a bad pass all 80 minutes. It was like bone chillingly cold, mm-hmm. super wet. Uh, and he was just throwing lasers, whether it was to the forwards coming onto the ball, throwing it out to Waka to get it wide um, or working their system stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, JP was throwing the ball on a line and it was really really fun to watch good kicking that i already mentioned especially in the first half just some really good box kicks that guys can get up there and generate pressure on that's the whole point of those kicks uh box the reason you kick a box kick and not a a, you know big punt bomb is because you want it to land closer to your side because you have guys coming up on it and either competing for it directly in the air or trying to force an error or isolate a ball carrier right at the first carry, the guy who gets it. Um, and he was placing those superbly. Uh, so JP just had a, a really great game. Um, he did not beat literally half of the Toronto Arrows, so he's not my MVP, but definitely worth uh, some respect on the show tonight. Yeah, I talked about it last week about he is Mr. Consistency. You know, he, he delivers those balls with passes that are just, you know, it's just so automatic at this point. You don't expect him to make any type of bad pass whatsoever, regardless of the circumstances or conditions. Um, he is super good, and we are super lucky to have him. And it was, you know, it was a St. Patrick's Day Festival, so he had to show out, right? He's the only Irish Absolutely. guy on the team. So, yeah. Um, All right, so with that, we're going to close out this particular segment, which has been the Toronto Review, and then we will be back with the Austin Preview here shortly, but I've got one word before we head out in three, two, one, huzzah! Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I'm joined, as always, with David McVeigh. Dave, how the hell are you? I am doing fantastic, Phil. Doing fantastic. Looking forward to a match this week down in the hot, arid territory of Austin. The great state of Texas, uh, where my family did very, very well back in the day. Um, Let me go ahead and preface this by saying that, you know, this is the Austin preview. Um, Austin is a team that has really transformed themselves since the Adam Gilchrist ownership. Um, Prior to that, they were kind of like the laughing stock of the league. I know that Josh Larson spent one season there, a nightmarish season, um, with the Austin Elite, I think it was at that point, and lost every single game that year. And since that point, they've been kind of reborn into this monstrous, awesome rugby team. And what I have written down for the awesome preview is Adam Gilchrist's redheaded stepson got jacked over the summer and is coming into the first day of senior year in a Trans Am blaring Motley crew and wearing a leather jacket. 
Um, <laughs> the time for the jabroni's day in the sun is now. I highly recommend everyone listening to this to go check out the documentary on the, the Rugby Network as uh, it has Austin's last season, um, each match by match. You know, they talk all of this background stuff. It talks about the players and the coaches. It's really well done. This is a team last year that had a lot of talent, but they let games slip away from them, including ours, that when we played them against us at Fort Quincy. Um, but it, it's just like us. They, this is a team that is now highly evolved uh, compared to the team last year. The addition of Julian Dominguez might be one of the top signings of MLR in the offseason coming over from NOLA. This team is juiced up. Um, before last week, Austin was undefeated, but the Rattlers bit, uh, bit them with a dominant performance. Uh, at one point, they were up 16-0, to zero, my understanding is. I didn't watch the game, but the match uh, showed the league that it is possible for Austin to be beaten. Um, you can beat them with a dominant uh, forward play and some clinical finishing. So what, what do you make of this Austin jabroni side? Yeah, they're uh, they're a very very good team. Um, in the documentary you mentioned, which is really good, they talk about their frustration last season and being a, a you know quote unquote defensive team, right? Which is what, how we described them last season. You know, on this show, they were a defensive team, uh, but they had a reputation sort of as a team that wasn't scoring tries. And that is the big thing that they have fixed from last season to this season. They've they've found ways to score more effectively um and it makes them really dangerous um they have scored more points than any other team in major league rugby they've scored Mm -hmm. 185 points this season um now they've also played six matches we've only played five um so they are uh one ahead of us you know in potential opportunities for for points to be scored uh, but the the point this the point remains that they've scored 185 points in six mm-hmm. matches, you know, averaging over 30 a game. They put up a couple big results on a couple teams early in the season. Yep, um, to kind of blow that number out a little bit. But uh, they're very good offensively, um, and they've only allowed 85 points, the fewest in the league. Crazy. So. Uh, we should think about them in terms of the level of performance they're on a little bit like we thought about LA last season when we, everybody was just like, wow, are these guys amazing? And then even after yeah. Austin beat them, you know, it was still, you know, okay, they're, they're beatable, but they're very good. You're going to have to bring your A game. And that's Austin this season. Uh, they have a very good forward pack. Uh, one of my favorite players, Jamie McIntosh, guy that people talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about him when we did our league preview. Uh, Slade McDowell talked about him in his man of the match interview. They said something about Aust- you know going down to Austin, and he's like, "Yeah, played against the Wapa," <laughs> because that is that's McIntosh's nickname is the Wapa. Yes. Um, and he is a South Island New Zealand guy. He played for Southland for a long time, which are the main mm-hmm. rivals of otago which Mm -hmm. is you know we have a big otago connection on on the free jacks yes um so this is a guy he has an all blacks cap uh he's a he is a fixture in professional rugby down in new zealand for a long time um he's 37 i want to say um but he's one of the more senior players in in mlr 
Yep. And he's somebody that a lot of the players in the Free Jacks, the New Zealand guys, will have seen on TV when they were growing up, you know, playing for those great teams that he played for, the Highlanders and Southland. So um, it's a really neat connection. It's going to be a fun thing to watch. Who doesn't want to go try to, you know, tackle your heroes? Um, right. And Slade certainly seemed excited about it. You know, he had a big grin on his face, and and it's pretty cool. Um, so a, a couple good, very solid New Zealand players over in Austin that just mm-hmm. kind of enrich the story a little bit for our pack in particular. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenging game. I agree. Um, you know, like I said, you know, Atlanta kind of provided the blueprint for the rest of the league about how you can slow Austin down. You get up on them, you punch them in the. So the key, my key to the game here uh, is punch them in the mouth and slow them down. So Austin can score a lot of points on you and they can slow you down with not allowing you to score a lot of tries and stuff like that. So my key to the game is make sure that you're up on them early and slow them down whatever possible way that you can try to do that. You know, play scramble defense, keep them out of the try zone. Do not let them score tries. If you give up three points, you give up three points, but do not let them score tries because this team could score tries in a hurry. Julian Dominguez is one of the best players in this league. He will light you on fire um, and then dance around you like <laughs> and score. So um, he's their danger, man. I think, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good players on that team, David. I'm, I'm a little worried about this game. You know, it's a, a travel. It's not an easy um, travel date. It's not like it's right down the road. It's not like we're going onto a bus trip down to New Jersey or something like that. It is quite a bit of distance between uh, the two places. And I believe since we played on Sunday night, we're playing on Saturday in this game. Is that right? So we have, we're missing a day of preparation or rest. Um, if, if that's correct, pretty sure it is. So that's another factor weighing on my mind. Uh, what's your key to the game? Uh, my key to the game is going to be converting set piece opportunities mm. inside the Austin 22. Interesting. Um, yep. They're a very good defensive team yep. and the best attacking platform you get are scrums and lineouts. Um, scrums, lineouts, and counterattack are the three things that generate tries, generally speaking, in rugby. Mm. Um, so we know our counterattack is good. We know our defense is good. We got to bring that everything we normally have. Um, what I think is going to be a big uh, component in this match against Austin is converting a good proportion. I don't have a benchmark, but you know, a, a good proportion of our set piece, turning those into tries because we're going to need to find ways to get points on the board against a team that is very good at denying them. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say they're first in points allowed, meaning they've allowed the fewest points in the league. Second in points allowed in Major League Rugby, the New England Free Jacks. Mm -hmm. So we match up well, I think, with this offensive team. We have an opportunity to do just what you said, which is come out and punch them in the nose keep them from getting that steady footing that they want to operate from Mm -hmm. that is going to allow them to really kick their, you know, new fancy offense into high gear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think you're absolutely right on that. You know, it'll be a huge test because 
are attempts at uh, mauling over from a line out to a try situation. That combination has failed us a couple times in the past two games, and it's got me a little concerned. So if we can execute that and get a couple tries off of that, it will alleviate my concerns and hopefully put us in the win column once again. This is, you know, this is a team I keep saying this, but we were not great on the road last year, and it bit us in the butt at the end of the season because we were so we did so well at home, but we were a different team on the road. And this year we have shown that we have, you know, we're kind of over that hump here. But this is a huge test against possibly the league's best team. We, you know, we're kind of in that conversation as well. I think we've done really well and and performed to where we deserve to be in that conversation. So this is a huge, like heavyweight title fight this early in the season. I mean, we could see these guys potentially down the road in the playoffs, if you know what I mean, wink, wink. Um, uh, So, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Put potential championship preview Mm -hmm. on your Mm -hmm. bingo card for the, you know, announcers for this weekend. Because, you know, that that is very uh, likely going to come up because you are talking about two of the of the better performing teams in Mm -hmm. their respective conferences. And it's going to be a really interesting chance to get a look at how we stack up against them Mm -hmm. and how the game plan that we bring um, interacts with the game plan that they bring a really, really good match for learning uh, and looking forward to that postseason situation. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I do think it's going to be tough. Um, They bring a lot, but I think that uh, we can win it. I think we have the skills and the um, doggedness to go down mm-hmm. to Austin and take a win out of them. The weather looks nice. You know, the, the boys are going to be excited to be playing in some actual rugby weather. If the forecast holds up, you know, it's going to be in the 70s. It'll be nice. pretty clear. So um, maybe a chance to get uh, more of that attacking rugby that we didn't get just because of the conditions. Honestly, we saw more of it than I thought we could have. I was mm-hmm. amazed by the skill stuff that they were able to do this past weekend. But with good weather coming, you know, Dougie Fife is back, had a warm-up match, mm-hmm. um, and is fully healthy. I think we can see interesting things. And uh, to your point about the lineout malls, I agree. I think we've been playing teams that have pretty good mall defense, which mm-hmm. is – uh, mall defense is hard, but if you get good at it, you can be good at it. Right. Uh, if that makes any sense, it's yep. a thing that you can train and, and really drill into players where you want them to hit it, and just the mechanics of getting in there and essentially just being a, you know, a, a like a like a uh, door stopper, right? Those wooden wedges like a wedge, you kick under yeah. the door. Exactly. You know, yeah, just get in there and get in the right angle and just stop it from moving. And it's what we've mm-hmm. seen teams do. A little bit new york more than toronto toronto had right. one big stop you know mm-hmm. but that you know i think waka was a little frustrated that they maybe brought it down and, and you know whatever uh but we'll see if austin can do that and if they can we know that the free jacks have play calls in those lineouts. Yes. so i would say um look for some fun lineouts inside the austin 22 to challenge them um cerebrally mm-hmm. as much as they're going to be challenged physically and athletically in the mall right to see yes. if anybody's sleeping napping around the fringes so um might be might be a good match to show some of the creativity 
Absolutely. This was a game that I was considering going down to because they really do put on a spectacle down there. You know, um, I think their their uh, slogan is, if you like football, you'll love rugby. Um, so they, they've put on, you know, a, fe- a festival type of atmosphere. They have fireworks, I believe, after every single game, just burning through Adam Gilchrist's money. It looks like World War III after a game there. So, I mean, they, they dazzle the people uh, with the fireworks after the game. So I think uh, Ranger Kenny is going down there, you know, uh, our Scottish brother from a uh, friend of the oh, show. Excellent. Yep. So, um, yeah, I wish I'd gone to this one, but we're going to Toronto and said it should be a good time. But, uh, yeah, man, um, for your prediction, what you got? I I really struggled to come up with numbers on this. I was so far off base last week, too. Um, for a little while, I was hoping that with Toronto, I was like, well, if, the, if we hold it here, I can just say that the weather meant we only scored half as many points and it was about <laughs> 20 to 10. And I was almost right. Just right. Um, I have no, I have no idea. I'm going to say that I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think we have two of the best defenses in the league mm-hmm. um, playing against each other. And so I think it's going to be something um, more moderate. Every time I've done that in the past, somebody puts up 30 points. So right. who knows how right I'm, I'm going to be. But I'm going to say like 14 to – I'll say 14 to 18. Okay. Which is an, kind of an unlikely score to actually get in a game, but that's that way I, you know, over and under. You're going more 14 to 18. Yeah, you're going a little bit more yeah. conservative than I did. I didn't, I was going to, basically, my line in the sand was there, there, I don't think that either team is going to score more than 30 points um, yeah. individually. So, what my prediction is Austin 24. New England 27. It's going to be one of those squeaky bum time situations where maybe, you know, uh, we're tied and it's like really close to the end of the game. We're marching forward, you know, setting up the phases over and over again. And, oh boy, I I just thought of this, but oh, how sweet would it be if Waka got the opportunity to do a drop goal to win the game? (laughs) (laughs) Poetry. Poetry. Oh my gosh, that would be that just his his um I, I obviously his legacy is cemented already with this team, but that's just writing another chapter in his book here as a free jack to win the game on a drop goal attempt. Oh boy, that would be just fantastic. Yeah. Super excited for the game. I mean, this is what you want, especially, I mean, obviously we're Free Jacks fans, so we want to see um, a team that is, you know, equal to us uh, so that we can see a really good game, that sort of thing. But as a neutral, you have to be looking at this game and saying, I'm definitely watching this one this coming week because these are two powerhouse teams. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be it's going to be a huge match. And uh, uh, I think it's going to be a really good one. Make sure you make sure you check it out, fans out there. Hell yeah. So, um, got any closing comments before we jump on out of here? Um, just, I would reiterate what I said earlier about the weather. I'm really happy that as much fun as this weekend was, mm-hmm. I'm happy that these guys are going to get what should be like a nice, uh, balmy match, uh, this coming week. They certainly deserve it. Yeah, for sure. All right. On that note, uh, well, I'll actually, we'll just go ahead and say, um, uh, well, uh, We'll do huzzah at the end, but let's say um, let's ride before that. So we'll do we'll do you know two little slogans here in three, right. two, one. Let's ride. Let's ride. Huzzah. huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I'm joined as always by, by my brother David McVeigh, and also we have a very special guest this time around, Mitch Wilson. Mitch, how the hell are you? I'm great. It's good to be on here. Finally, 
one of our favorite free jacks. Um, you know, you you come in and just absolutely uh, dominate at uh, 15 and, and Dougie Fife's absence and uh, kicking ass and taking names. And we really appreciate that. Let's start out with where you're from and what is your origin story with rugby? Um, well, I'm originally from uh, Western Sydney, Australia, um, and grew up there until I was 16. And then I moved to Orlando, Florida, and I spent a couple of years down there, finished high school down there, and then moved up to Atlanta, where I played uh, college rugby down at Life University, and then up here. So kind of a bit all over the place, but originally from Australia, uh, Western Sydney, and then um, just in, in Australia, rugby's uh, as you know, it's a, a, a pretty popular sport. So I um, just grew up playing rugby league, which is, uh, you know, the, the other formation of uh, rugby similar to union and um, also played rugby union. And then uh, when I moved to the States, I just didn't realize that there was going to be rugby and uh, there, there was and it took off. And now there's MLR and there was college rugby and it was awesome. So, yeah. You're talking about college rugby. You played at a powerhouse in Life University, won some national championships, I believe, while you were there. Uh, what is your greatest collegiate rugby memory? Uh, I would say, yeah, winning winning national championships. Um, probably my senior year, uh, beating Cal in the finals. It was a good win, and uh, yeah, it was good to, to finish the college career that way. That was probably my favorite memory. So you go from life, which is a perennial powerhouse, to Dartmouth coaching as well, which is a traditional powerhouse in the Northeast. Um, what is the greatest lesson that you've learned in coaching or helping coach Dartmouth? Uh, I've just the biggest lesson's been that uh, the two universities are very different. Uh, the students are different, and the programs are different. And not to say one's better than the other, but you know, I, I learned pretty quickly that. Um, you know, Dartmouth isn't life university and I had to adjust my coaching style and what I knew and um, learned a lot of lessons from uh, Mags and, and James Willicks and the likes of those guys. And uh, yeah, that was probably the biggest lesson. Do you see yourself as a head coach, you know, after your playing days are over, is that something, is that a pathway that you want to walk down at some point? Oh, I would absolutely love to be a head coach. Um, you know, I enjoy coaching. I love rugby. It's something I've grown up doing. Um, but that being said, I, I'm interested in uh, plenty of other things outside of rugby and, um, you know, I just love to explore other options as well. So, you know, I'm just kind of taking every opportunity as it comes and I will go from there. You know, Mitch, you're tough as nails on the pitch, man. Where does that toughness come from? Is that just a natural thing you've had all your life or is that something you've no. had to develop? Yeah, I've got uh, three brothers. Um, so I'm the, the second youngest, so I always had two older brothers and then a younger brother that's um, – quite a bit taller than me and, and bigger than me now. So, um, yeah, just grew up going against them and, and grew up being a smaller rugby player in, in Australia playing rugby league where, you know, I had to had to be tough um, if I wanted to play rugby. So, yeah, so I guess. You're Mitch, a I, have to, I have to jump in and say that I, I have two older brothers and one younger brother as well. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I could, I could feel the connection before yes. I knew that and yeah, that just yeah, confirms yeah. it. The second middle child. Very nice. Um, what do you think of this team this year, and how does it compare to last year? I know that you're a veteran on this team that has played in multiple seasons with the Free Jacks at this point. Uh, it sounds crazy to think of me as a veteran, but I guess, yeah, you're, you're probably right. Um, yeah, look, I think there is there is some differences. We've obviously got uh, new coaches. Um, this, you know, quite a few new players as well as, as – as well also as a very similar squad from last last year, sorry. Um, and, 
I think, uh, you know, I don't think it would be where we are this year if it wasn't for last year. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely a new coaching style, um, you know, two full-time uh, coaches um, and just a, a different player base. Um, I think this year we're just playing a bit more simple and um, it's working so far, so. Hell yeah, it is. You guys are three and one looking good going into the home opener here. Um, when we're recording this, it hasn't yet happened. So hoping for the best there. Um, let's talk about real quick. Uh, what is your, as you, as you know, we're saying you are a veteran technically on this team. What is your favorite moment of being a free Jack? What would that be? Um, well, I think I would say my favorite moment was probably the final game last year at veterans. Um, okay. You know, just a, a big win against Atlanta, a good team in the East. Um, they ended up being East Coast champions that year. So um, that was my favorite. But I think there's a good chance that may change. My favorite moment very well could be this weekend uh, back at Veterans, St. Paddy's Day, um, and a bit of rain. Um, but it should be a lot of fun. So, you know, that right now that's my favorite. But, um, you know, I'm looking forward to some pretty exciting moments coming up this year. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. You know, the, the the favorite moment could be in the future here this season. So definitely Absolutely. hope that comes to fruition for sure. Um, who has the best hair on the team? Uh, oh, Eagle. <laughs> oh, Eagle, surely. Yeah, I, I continue to say that he is the, the best hair on the team, maybe the best hair in the entire league. Yeah. Um, you can't beat him at all with that. So with that, I'm going to throw it over to David. Dave, go ahead. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, Mitch, you are a utility player. You've floated around a, a fair bit um, in the back line. You have a lot of skills. Is there anything in the back line anywhere you don't play? Because uh, we're not sure exactly where we've seen you sliding in a different, a few different spots. But um, I'm curious if there's anything you you know wouldn't or aren't generally on deck to do. Um, and where do you prefer? You on, out on the wing, back at fifteen um great question i don't play nine and i've played one game at 13 for mystic river this fall but usually wouldn't play 13 uh, but i played everywhere else in the back line um last season when jp got red carded against la i actually had to play 20 minutes of nine and um confirm that i'm not a nine so um i'll play everywhere else and you, I think I, my favorite position is probably fullback. You know, I, I enjoy being at 15, um, but, you know, I love the wing. Um, you know, I love slotting in at 10. If that ever presents itself, it's always fun to, to get touches on the ball. Um, 12 is fun. So, yeah, look, I think fullback's probably my favorite, but, uh, you know, being a utility back, I'm just happy to play anywhere and, and be out on the pitch. Excellent. Uh, Phil already talked a little bit about your toughness, uh, which fans have definitely noticed. I'm still trying to get Iron Man to stick as a nickname. I don't know if you have any alternatives. I'm throwing it out there. I'm talking. I'm like messaging Dallin Stanford. I'm like, don't worry about trademark. Just Iron Man. It's Iron, Iron Man. Man. Let's do it. Um, so physicality is a big part of your game. It makes it makes you a really fun player to watch. Uh, what is more satisfying, uh, breaking the line with a big carry? You know, maybe scoring a try, or making a big hit to stop a try when you're, you know, covering over from fullback and you rip a guy into touch, you know, and you know that if you weren't there, that guy's scoring. Uh, I think probably the first one, that it's always fun scoring tries. Um, but that being said, if, depending on who the person was, if it was a, a bigger player than me and I pulled off a big try-saving tackle, that would be uh, 
you know, that'd be up there. Excellent. Um, I don't know a lot about scoring tries. I was a prop, so, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just guided others to a treasure I could not possess. Big hits and uh, a good platform for the backs. Yeah. Be in the way, eat up some time. Those are the skills I have. Um, you've gotten to work with some really good coaches here in New England. Um, Mardo and now uh, Mike. Um, and and what have you learned? Um, and Scott, of course. Um, what have you learned last year? And this year, like what's something that a way that you've grown your game last year under Mardo and then this year under Scott and Mike? Good question. Um, look, last year when, when Mardo came in, um, he was very much um, skill oriented. Um, and I learned a lot of skills from Mardo and um, he focused on a lot of skill work. And, um, you know, it, it showed in our games last year. And I think he put an emphasis on that and showed where it would work in games and how to do your skill work. And I think um, this year with, with Scott and Mike, um, I'm probably learning the basics again. Um, you know, and I know that that may sound silly, but like you come back to the basics and improve the basics. And um, yeah, I, I kind of compare the two in that way, I'd say. Excellent. Um... Your brother, Bailey, as you kind of alluded to earlier, plays in MLR as well, plays for Utah. Do you guys talk a lot during the season? Is it like friendly, like, hey, I noticed this guy, you know, is a little exposed here. You could maybe work him. Or is it all like sledging and banter? What's the dynamic like on different teams, you know, in the same league? Honestly, it hasn't changed a whole lot since before we were in the MLR, um, you know, just chat with him as if he's playing rugby for his team and I'm playing rugby for my team. And then, um, you know, wishing him luck and him, him wishing me luck and me rooting for his team when, whenever I'm obviously not playing against them. Um, and, you know, obviously him being on the West coast makes it not as big of a rivalry, I guess. Um, yeah. Much, much less conflict between the two teams directly since you're not competing in the same table. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, if there's a team that I'm, you know, I'm playing in two weeks and he's playing that weekend, you know, it's always like get after him, beat him up for us, you know, or, you know, maybe I'll message him. What did you think of Houston, you know, or what did you think of these guys? What were they like, you know? So yeah. able to, you know, compare a little bit or I'll do the same for him, but, um, yeah, it's not too much banter. I think when the banter, when we when we do banter, it's probably when um, our parents are, are involved, you know, pulling, pulling them either way. So I like that. Um, so what is your day after a match like? Recovery day, everybody takes a bruising. What do you like to do to, you know, get, get fit? And you guys have a pretty busy schedule. I mean, you, you keep working all, all week. So how do you get yourself ready for that? you know, next week of practice and training and everything. Yeah. Um, well, I love to take an Epsom salt bath. So that's definitely something I'll do the night of a game or, you know, the next night if, if there's an opportunity to. The past few weeks I've been traveling, so I'm just looking forward to being home this week. Um, love to just hang out, hang out with my girlfriend, um, get my feet up, not do a whole lot of things, you know, stretch, roll out at the house, um, got my little massage gun that, you know, I'll rip into for about 45 minutes too long. Um, so, yeah, just kind of just hanging out. Sometimes, you know, it's it's going out and, and getting some food or, um, 
you know, having a bit of fun because it is an off day and we don't get too many off days. So I want to be able to enjoy our time in Boston and, um, you know, go check out the city and, you know, do whatever else I have to do, maybe some errands. But, yeah, nothing nothing too crazy, just kind of a normal day, really. Um, Excellent. But, yeah, definitely uh, try and emphasize getting my body back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, and like you said, you guys really don't get a lot of off days and downtime, so I'm sure you uh, relish the opportunity when you get it Absolutely, to put your feet yeah, up, yeah. relax a little bit. Um, what is your favorite MLR away game? So your next season schedule's coming out, you're on the Free Jacks. What's the team that you're like, man, I hope we're in this city? San Diego. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, San Diego. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a cross-country cross trip, but look, uh, San Diego's a, a beautiful place, and you know, sun's out, it's going to be nice weather. And, um, you know, that, that's always somewhere that I want to go. Um, LA, it's awesome to play in the Coliseum. That was pretty fun. Um, would love to get those guys at home. And, um, you know, I think <laughs> we've talked about that on this show, nice how, how, how badly we want LA out in, you know, yeah, the yeah. cold yeah. rain, yeah, get them out Boston. In the let, yeah. so let them yeah. try that razzle dazzle up here. Yeah. yeah. Get them on the turf field. <laughs> No, but yeah, probably San Diego. We don't have them this year, but fingers crossed next year. And then, um, you know, there's a couple of times that now that Utah have came out here and it'll be pretty cool to go out to Utah. I think it would be cool to play there. We haven't played there as a team and um, have some family out there. So it'd be, it'd be cool to maybe go out there and play against them. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful venue out there in Utah too. The, you know, all the mountains, everything. Yeah. Uh, excellent spot to visit. Uh, last question. This is about your teammates or coaches or even, you know, maybe medical staff, whoever you got. Okay. okay. Uh, we're going old school. You know, we got no coach bus, no planes. You got an away game. It's, you know, four hours away. You're driving to, you know, upstate New York somewhere. Uh, club rugby stuff. It's carpooling. You got three guys in your car. Who are okay. the three guys you want in your car for this, you know, four hours there, play a rugby game, four hours back? I would probably say JP, just because responsible. He's not too big, so he's not going to take up too much space in the in the seats. Um, just good lad. Um, I'd probably say Harrison Boyle, just because he's hilarious, um, just for a bit of banter on the way home. Um, driving. Who who would drive? Probably me. I would say I'd probably end up driving. Um, obviously. Um, so what? Two two more guys. Uh, get a forward in there. Um, probably Josh Larson. Uh, good lad. Could look up a good coffee spot on the way to stop off and and grab a coffee, and then, um, lastly. I will go walks. Um, he's also a good driver and pretty responsible behind the wheel. So um, he can swap in and out with me. That's good. That's a very responsible. Yeah. Car. yeah. That's a I can tell you've done right this before. Well. Yeah. That's a veteran's <laughs> crew right there. It's critical. You got to get the right group. Otherwise, you know, you never know what's going to happen on that trip, which sometimes is good. Sometimes that's what you're looking for. But, you know, if you just want to get in and get out, I think that's the crew. You got, yeah. you got some operators there. Some good operators. Um, that's excellent. That's my last question. Thank you, Mitch. I know Phil yeah. has a few more things for you. This has been yeah. amazing. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, thank you for doing this. Um, we got the world famous one word association that we've ripped off from Mags's podcast way back yeah, in the let's day. Go. All right, so I'm going to say a one word or two words. The first thing that pops in your mind, throw it back at me, okay? All so, right, uh, New England sports, Australia, home, kangaroos, <laughs> Australia, <laughs> Life University. Uh, college, <laughs> Dartmouth, <laughs> university, college. <laughs> All right, the big Dougie. green, the woods. There you go. All that. Uh, Dougie Fife, uh, frosted tips. <laughs> it's true. And the last one here is Jack's Rangers. This little podcast. Huzzah! Huzzah! All right, we're actually that's your warm up because we're about to say that in. Yep. Three, two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah! Woo! Let's go. All right, Rangers, tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Continue to interact with us on social media like so many of you do. I really appreciate you driving up our engagement numbers, as uh, Rugby New Jersey likes to say. That about wraps her up for the Jacks Rangers show this week. Really appreciate you listening in. Really enjoyed our interview with Mitch Wilson. It's, uh, it's great to finally be able to get him on the show. We've been trying for quite a while. The next thing here for us is you're going to see us in about a week as we go through our next episode. But before I leave you, I did want to go over one little Revolutionary War quote. And this one is from Sam Adams, who said, What a glorious morning for America. He said that upon hearing the Battle of Lexington in 1775. If the Rangers out there want to help out the show, my suggestion would be to give us a five-star review or tell someone you know about the Jack's Rangers show. Until next time, saddle up, let's ride, huzzah, go free Jacks, beat the jabronis, woo!